This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Rosenberg, and this is episode number 66. So today we are going to talk about real estate investing without having a huge down payment available to get started because that's a huge hurdle for people. But before we dive into that, I wanted to let you know that I would love to answer your questions right here on the podcast. And I have a great way for you to leave a voice question for me. Just head to personalprofitability.com slash ask Eric and you can record your question using your phone or a microphone or your one built into your laptop, whatever you have available. And you can ask an audio question and I will answer them right here at the beginning of episodes when I have them. So please head to personalprofitability.com slash ask Eric and you know, ask me your questions, personal finance, investing, entrepreneurship, whatever you got. Um, so now let's jump into the real topic of the day and that is real estate investing without having a ton of money to start. So you know, a lot of investing in real estate, you'd think, well, I need at least that 20% down payment to get started, which is true in many cases, especially if it's a second property or more. You might even need more than 20% down, depending on what your bank requires. So how do you come up with this amount of money? If you live somewhere you know, like New York or San Francisco, LA, in one of those very expensive cities, a down payment alone could be you know, two, three hundred thousand dollars. So most people don't have that sitting around. You know, most people don't even have a thousand dollars for an emergency. Uh, they couldn't afford to get started in real estate investing with hundreds of thousands. But there are types of real estate where you can invest at a much lower entry point. You know, some of that is single family homes in certain areas in the South or in the East Coast and less populated areas. There's homes that start in the you know, $40,000 range. And today we are going to learn about investing somewhere I hadn't really thought about before, and that's trailer parks and mobile homes. And no, we're not talking about, you know, trailer park boys style investing like we enjoy on Netflix. This is real business and turning your dollars into, you know, more dollars. And some of this, it sounds like we can get started around $5,000, so a much easier entry point. But uh, we're going to get to that interview in just a moment after this quick message. It used to be that when I wanted to review all of my personal finances, I had to log into websites from different banks, investment companies, lenders, credit card companies, all sorts of financial institutions to see a complete picture of my finances. But that's not a problem anymore thanks to Personal Capital. With Personal Capital, I can log in and in one handy dashboard, I can view all of my banks, credit cards, investments, and every other account in one place. Plus, it gives me insights into how I earn money and how I spend each month so I can optimize my income and cash flows to best suit the needs of my family. But there's more. There's some great free tools like the 401k and mutual fund analysis tool that I use to save $300 every year on mutual fund fees. And that's money back in my pocket. Now, the best part is most of these tools are totally free. You can sign up for personal capital with no charge and only pay if you decide you want to work with a professional financial advisor to help manage your money. But if you want to do it yourself, you can sign up for free and use all of these great tools. 
To get started, head to personalprofitability.com slash personal capital. That's personalprofitability.com slash personal capital. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I am excited to be here with Jefferson Lilly. Now, Jefferson has a unique real estate story different from anything we've ever had before. So I will let him start by telling us, Jefferson, how did you get started with real estate investing and your unique niche? <laughs> well, uh, Eric, thanks for having me on your show, first off. Um, you know, I, as I say, I got into this business, uh, you know, when I woke up from the concussion, it just seemed like a good idea to buy a mobile home park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but seriously, you know, I've, I've long uh, been an investor. I, I bought my first stock when I was age 17. Uh, I won't tell you how old I am, but that was long before the internet. I had to have my father co-sign a physical trade ticket <laughs> to buy that stock. Um, so I'm, it's something I've always been interested in. And by the time I was in my late 30s, I had been through the dot-com boom and bust and kind of decided to the extent personal finance is ever black and white, and it's not, but basically that Warren Buffett was right, value investing was right, and high tech, biotech, solar tech, silly tech investing was wrong, and I was no longer going to do that. Um, so I started buying some value based stocks and then started thinking, hey, why don't I diversify out of the stock market and buy some value real estate? And honestly, I thought initially, hey, I'll buy an apartment building, you know, don't mind going to work. Maybe I'll fix up the kitchens, put a new roof on, make it better for tenants, bump the rents, make it better for me. Uh, and just in researching multifamily properties for sale on sites like LoopNet, um, I came across these weird little mobile home parks that seem to be trading at, you know, a 10 or 11 cap uh, in a market where, you know, apartment buildings always seem to be at an eight cap. Um, cap just means how much money you're, you're going to make, your listeners that may not know, how much money you're going to make if you pay all cash. So basically I thought, well, you know, this is weird. I'm not going to buy a trailer park and I delete the search result and do it again. And, you know, Lubbock, Texas or Peoria, Illinois or Omaha, Nebraska, probably I got hit over the head three or five times before I finally thought, you know, I guess mobile home parks are multifamily. Uh, why don't I look into why they're so much more profitable? Um, so, so I did. So I, I discovered the niche uh, somewhat by, by, by happenstance, somewhat by plan, somewhat by luck, uh, call it what you will. But that's kind of how I found my way uh, in, in, into the business and just started researching it, reading books and tapes and built up kind of an unofficial advisory board of 10 guys that owned mobile home parks. And I would bounce ideas, deals off them. Um, and now here I am about 10 months, sorry, 10 years later. <laughs> And I uh, have bought a couple parks myself, started the Park Street Partners uh, Partnership, and we've now bought collectively about 19 parks. We have about 1,500 pads uh, nationwide, coast to coast, uh, and we're about to break in to be one of the 50th largest mobile home park owners in America, probably in about another 60 days, we should be into the top 50. Oh, congratulations. So it's, it's been exciting growth. Yeah. Most of that in about the last three and a half years with the partnership, uh, obviously raising money, other people's money can help you buy parks a lot faster than you can do it on your own. Yeah. So when you started looking into the, the world of mobile home parks, I know there's a lot of stereotypes and things people might have 
did you have any holdups that you thought, well, maybe I don't want to deal with this type of tenant or this type of property? And how did you work through those questions? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of funny because I was at a, a mobile home park seminar and I met some other owners that, uh, you know, were like wearing uh, biker leathers and had tattoos. And I thought, you know, you you guys seem more like what I thought my tenant base might be. <laughs> uh, but then I met, you know, a guy who was who became one of those 10 advisors and he was, you know, wearing nice khaki pants and a cashmere sweater and said he had worked uh, for 20 some odd years on Wall Street with Credit Suisse and DLJ and gave up Wall Street to just buy mobile home parks. And he said he spent a lot of time with his family. <laughs> so I thought, ah, you I can relate to. Um, so, you know, tenants can always be rough, whether you're buying an apartment building or a mobile home park. Honestly, I think they're better in this business because at least the way we do it is we operate our parks as mo mostly a parking lot. We don't run them as a horizontal apartment building. What I mean by that is that uh, something around and over 90% of our tenants own their own mobile home. So it's parked on our land. So while these folks may not live in a house as nice as you and I, they've at least risen up out of being an apartment renter and they own their own four walls. And when you give folks a shot at home ownership, lo and behold, somebody that might have been a mediocre tenant in an apartment building turns out to be a pretty good mobile home tenant because, again, they know those four walls are for them to maintain. Uh, it's their property. They begin to show pride of ownership. So when you're in this business the way we do it, other people do sometimes run it, as I alluded earlier, as a horizontal apartment building where you, the park owner, own all the mobile homes and you rent them out. But again, for us, that's very much like just running an apartment building and you, th you then have all the problems with leaky toilets, leaky roofs, et cetera. So the way we run our parks, again, 90-something percent of those homes are owned by the tenants, so all that proverbial leaky toilet and leaky roof maintenance is on them. They're a more responsible tenant than your typical apartment renter. And our maintenance costs, again, are lower because we don't own the toilets and roofs. Um, we just maintain the land. It's frankly not that expensive to cut some grass and fill some potholes and shovel some snow. Um, so those are a couple of the things that make this such a good business. Again, that your tenants own their own homes they're more responsible. Your repair and maintenance budget is a lot lower. Um, and it also means turnover is a lot lower. These folks don't just pick up and move every two years the way your average apartment dweller does. These folks uh, are, are, you know, nothing's permanent, but but they stick around, I would guess, for, you know, seven or ten years um, rather than the two-year turnover with traditional apartments. And even then, when the tenant leaves, they just sell the house to someone else and you get somebody else that moves in and begins paying rent. So really the tenant is the mobile home. As long as the home is there, somebody's going to be paying rent on it because it's somebody's personal property. Um, so again, the, the, the turnover that does happen 
usually doesn't lead to too much missed rent payments because frankly we could put a mechanics lien on the trailer and go after somebody for unpaid rent so even if the tenant physically the person has left they're still probably paying rent for another month or two while they get that home sold to someone else who then takes over the payments so again really the tenant is the trailer trailers last at least 50 years so we we think our turnover number is a lot closer to two percent than fifty uh, oh, percent for traditional. You know, thinking apartment. through it, I guess it it sounds like they, you know, from an investment standpoint, run more like if you owned a storage facility than an apartment building because because of the way the their people are renting more the space than the than the home. Oh, yeah, there's there, yeah there, there certainly are some some similarities with uh, with self storage. So yeah. when when you got started, you did you bankroll? your first investments you know, out of your own pocket. I mean, you'd mentioned you, you're now working with a, a wider range of investors, but how would you, an individual who wants to get started investing in this industry get moving? Yeah. So another thing that makes this such a unique niche is that there's a very easy uh, on-ramp, so to speak. Um, and by that, I mean, I know uh, a number of folks that actually got started in the business with the mobile homes. Now, again, I advise, at least for your long-term plan, to own the land. But long story short, some folks with, say, just a couple thousand bucks, if you can find the right park owner, uh, you know, they'll be able to buy a house maybe that has been abandoned. Maybe a park owner will even give them a mobile home for free in exchange for their commitment to, you know, invest a couple thousand bucks, probably some sweat equity, get it fixed up, uh, and of course, pay the lot rent. Usually you'd get a couple months, you know, free to, to get the house fixed up. But, you know, for a couple thousand bucks and some of your own sweat equity, you can make a mobile home pretty livable. You can then sell it on a note, maybe take a thousand dollars down, which might right there pay for half of what you put into the house. Um, and then, you know, you take back a note maybe for, say, 300 bucks a month for the next three years. Uh, maybe you get yourself paid 10 grand back on that house over time. And all the while they're paying the lot rent to the park owner. Um, you, you, you have to be careful because whoever owns the land really has the control. But again, if you can find the right uh, park owner to work with, you can make a nice win-win. Uh, so for very little money, again, buy some houses, flip them, create a stream of income. Frankly, the mobile homes, as I alluded earlier, the mobile homes are the quote unquote hard part of this business. So if you cut your teeth doing five or 10 mobile home rehabs and creating notes and some passive income for yourself, then you'll, you'll be ready to buy a park. Maybe you start with a small park, 10 spaces, 20 spaces wouldn't be, uh, inconceivable to get a park that size for a couple hundred thousand um you know and maybe you again can find the right seller you put down say 50 grand they take back a note for 150 now you've parlayed up from a couple thousand bucks into that 50,000 by doing some of the home deals and now you're in a position to buy a small mobile home park um and now you're kind of off to the races and one park will lead to another and another. <laughs> yeah, I love, so, uh, uh, yeah, I love the idea of being started. able to start essentially doing fix and flips for only a couple thousand dollars plus yep. supplies in your own time. That makes it so much more attainable than, you know, I live in Southern California. So if someone wanted to do a fix and flip in my neighborhood, 
you're looking at you know half a million dollar down payments <laughs> it's um, yeah not really down payments but half million dollar houses and yeah um, exactly you know just getting hundred thousand down or something yeah. and then you got to have money for rehab yeah so this you can get started a lot yeah for the easier. for the down payment on a house in uh, some neighborhoods you could buy 50 of these and, and go and get working so yeah or if you've if you've got a hundred thousand bucks and you kind of want passive income i'd say just buy a you know say four hundred thousand dollar park and really your cash flow in this business eric if you're not making 20 percent cash on cash you're doing something wrong so if you got a hundred grand and you buy again the right park, you shouldn't have any trouble perpetually uh, making twenty thousand a year cash flow. Plus, of course, you get the depreciation on that. You know what what have you? Um, and if you really work a park again, you you can you can do much better than that and borrow out, relever, go buy another park. We all know how that game works. Oh yeah, but even being able to start with that two thousand, that's. Yeah. That's the part that I'm I'm most excited about hearing. We actually just recently had a, a guest on the show, Clayton Morris, a couple episodes ago, where we talked about buying inexpensive homes that start around the forty thousand dollar range because your down payment is so low on those. I mean, here's another route into that same world of real estate investing without putting so much on the line. So yep. that's that's amazing. Well, so for people who want to learn more, they want to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, and um, maybe even get their teeth wet on their first investment, where should they go to learn more? Yeah. So um, our corporate uh, website is parkstreetpartners.com. We've got uh, information resources there, both for folks that might want to buy their own park uh, or folks that might want to just co-own parks with us and invest in our fund. That's parkstreetpartners.com. Then we also have our own podcast, uh, which is called Mobile Home Park Investors. Uh, and we have the largest group on LinkedIn, about 3,700 members currently there, all trading you know, deal flow and tips and tricks and things for, for mobile home park ownership. You can simply go to mobilehomeparkinvestors.com, and there are links there both to our podcast uh, iTunes and Stitcher, and also to our LinkedIn group. Uh, and then we've also got the industry's first and only calendar of events on that website, mobilehomeparkinvestors.com. You can click there and just suck into your iPhone or computer calendar uh, upcoming conferences and earnings releases and trade shows and all kinds of things. Awesome. And listeners, you'll find all of those links in the show notes as well. So before we go, I have one last question. Have you yes. watched the show Trailer Park Boys? And do you have any favorite moments that remind you a little bit of the work you've done? Um, I have never watched uh, the show. <laughs> um, I will. Uh, you may have a story. I, I will re relay one humorous story. When I was getting into this business, uh, I was in filling a park. I was buying some mobile homes, and I uh, then went to the, the local DMV to get some of these titles, I think it was two, transferred into my name, into my company's name. So as I'm at the DMV, I pass, this is in Oklahoma, I pass the titles over the counter to the lady behind the counter. I said, I'd like to put these titles for these mobile homes in my name. And she gave me this look up and down, a little bit sultry, and she said, 
you own more than one mobile home? <laughs> so I said, yes, ma'am, I do. And I'm going to own a lot more. I'm a big shot. <laughs> That's fun. Anyway, it was kind of a funny, uh, funny uh, experience there. But so, no, I haven't watched the Trailer Park Boys uh, show, but I've heard a little bit uh, about it. It, I think, perpetuates a lot of stereotypes. Not that we can't laugh at yeah, that, yeah. but um not a hundred percent true for a hundred percent of our tenants. Yeah, I don't. I don't imagine most tenants are um, up to, let's say, disorganized crime <laughs> as a uh, as a daily activity. Well, anyway, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed chatting with you and learned a lot. And I hope listeners you did too. Um, again, go back to the show notes for all those links. And thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Eric. Have a good one. Well, that was a great interview, everyone. And I have to admit, after this one, I'm thinking about putting my own dollars into trailer parks. I don't know if that sounds as good to you as it does to me. But I know I have a heck of a lot more to learn, and I will be checking out Jefferson Sites. You know, as always, the show notes are available at personalprofitability.com. For this episode, personalprofitability.com slash episode spelled out, and then the number 66 for episode 66. As always, if you loved what you heard, please share it with a friend, head to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating to help other people discover the show. And if you have any questions for me, remember you can head to personalprofitability.com slash askeric to leave me your audio questions to get featured in a future episode. So thanks for staying till the end. And as always, until next time, stay profitable. <laughs>